Greetings, guys and gals. Join me here at Success Over Stress, where the goal is to strengthen strategies that will defeat doubt, cure complacency, and strangle stress. I'm on the road to a healthier, happier, and stress-controlled life by taking control of my financial situation. With the right direction, so can you. Okay, hello, hello, December 25th, Merry Christmas everybody, or however you choose to celebrate December 25th, some people it's not Merry Christmas, some people it's just a day, and that's alright. Okay, but what I'm going to talk to you about on this day, is just something that I prepared about uh, finding tenants. Okay, so I'm not, uh, I'm not offering you legal advice or anything like this. Uh, you do want to talk to your own attorney and to your uh, specific professionals in regards to uh, finding tenants. And if you are having trouble with that, then you may need to talk to a property manager because you do want to make sure that you abide by the uh, Fair Housing Act. And those guidelines, you don't want to infringe on anybody's protected uh, protected rights there, uh, of classes, whether it be gender, age, religion, creed, culture, um, disability. So what I want to talk to you about are making sure that you pretty much vet who comes into your house because this is a business and uh, you want to run it as such. And I was reading was I reading a book recently. Um, no, I think I was on a I think I was on a post online, one of the forums and somebody essentially said uh, do you want a business or do you want to be a social worker and in all reality especially if you are a landlord you're a little bit of everything you are a little bit of a social worker a little bit of a business owner um you may be a little bit of a handyman a little bit of an accountant uh, tax preparer you could be a little bit of all those things or you could be none of those things and you could just collect a check some people prefer to do that i on the other hand right now in my stage in the career i'm I'm a little bit of everything, but I have been stepping away from that. So let's talk to you about choosing those tenants and the, the guidelines that uh, that you can uh, that you can look for the, the screening tools that you can use. One thing I do want to say is that if you have a tenant that that doesn't apply to your uh, or, or that applies to your rental property, but then you don't accept them. Be sure to send them, uh, send them a letter, some type of communication, saying that you didn't accept them, and it was for the reason that their credit score wasn't high enough, or that it was the reason that uh, they're they hadn't been with their employer long enough. If you don't send them anything, then they may even falsely, incorrectly assume that you didn't choose them because of one of those protected classes, and now you have some type of lawsuit or something on your hands. So just um, cross all your T's, dot all your I's. Okay. I like to think about my tenants as employees, if you will, because they're a part of my team and I'm kind of the coach. I'm the captain. But the some of the uh, characteristics that uh, a teammate may have, I look for in my in my mm, wow, prospective tenants. So accountability, 
uh, time management skills, reliability. Those kinds of things are pretty important to me. And also one of the things that I kind of look for that doesn't apply to everybody, doesn't apply to every situation, but is good transportation. I have just found that, and you know, I try to take inventory and if you listen to my podcast, you know, I always say take inventory. Um, how do you know where you're going if you don't know where you're at, right? But when I took inventory of the evictions that I had, one, it was because I took money too quick. It was because they came in and said, I've got the money right now. And I was ready for that money right now. I took the money. Okay. And then the second thing was that um, they, they didn't have reliable transportation. And that doesn't mean that everybody who doesn't have reliable transportation won't make a great tenant. That just means that these folks didn't. Now, I do have a rental property that I um, just got on the market recently, and it is literally, it's on a side street, and it's right at a bus stop. The bus stop isn't on um, my side of the street. The bus is on the opposite side of the street. But anyway, it's a 10-foot street. So the tenant that I did move into that spot doesn't have their own source of transportation but they do have reliable transportation which is their um which is is their mother is his family that lives nearby but now they also have one they move with to within half a mile of their their job they could walk right um and then the other thing is they move right across the street from a bus stop so now they have uh access to transportation but anyway Take inventory of, like I said, where you're messing up or where you're having troubles because it can probably be narrowed down to something. All right. Let's see. The The other thing I want to kind of talk about, which is the reason why I put this little podcast together, is the um, that I ran across an article and I wanted to share with you guys. It is from the Department of Urban Studies and Planning at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. This particular article was from 2019, but it looks like they published this on a quarterly, if not um, even, it might just be an annual, annual basis, but I think it's quarterly. I'm looking at the one from 2019 and it's specific to North Carolina, but I believe that they may do it specific to zip code or city. Um, but at any rate, when you're trying to determine what the minimum amount of money is, minimum amount of income that you want your tenants to have, wow, this is a great article. This is a living wage calculator article. So they get the information and data specific to um, specific to your area in terms of certain criteria. Here we go. Let's open it up. One of the criteria, criteria is food, cost of food. You know, how, how readily available uh, is food, whether it be um, grocery stores, you know, per per square area, whatever the case. Child care. How costly is child care? How available is it? Uh, health costs. You do have to pay for insurance. There may be emergency room visit costs, um, dental costs, some things you're just going to have to pay for. And, you know, not everybody has... Um, uh, savings accounts to pay for these things. So let's incorporate that into part of the part of the annual budget. All right. Also, transportation. 
transportation costs, whether it be public transportation, buses, taxis, or the cost of your vehicle, insurance. Insurance costs vary by by region, right? Insurance costs in New York is going to be a whole lot more than insurance costs in North Carolina. Um, you know, the likelihood of uh, having an accident and all that kind of stuff. So it varies from place to place. All right. And then also they just include other necessities in there as well as the expense of taxes. So they include that in there too. They break down the amount of money that the person should make per hour into several thresholds. One is a uh, minimum wage, which I think in North Carolina, I believe it's on there, 750. Is that about right? Okay. Uh, and then there is the uh, living wage and there's the poverty wage. Obviously, at the living wage, you're going to be able to manage um, manage to have your budget completed or fulfilled in, in, in a better manner than at the poverty wage where you're going to have access to federal funds, um, food stamps, uh, those kinds of things. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, the living wage model is a step up from poverty as measured by the poverty thresholds, but it is a small step up, one that counts for only the basic needs of a family. The living wage model does not allow for what many consider the basic necessities enjoyed by many Americans. Oh, man, that's a big one. We're not going to talk about that today. Right. We're not going to talk about and on Christmas. Right. We're not going to talk about having or getting more than what you really need. Um, and then sometimes people need a break, you know, when you're living paycheck to pay, when you're, when you're honestly living paycheck to paycheck, when you're honestly only paying your bills and, and putting food on the table for your kids so they can get up and go to school and come home and have a warm place so they can be that next generation to shine. You know, I mean, taking, taking trips and doing the lavish things, you may not be able to do that. Or you may be the family that does that, but can't afford it. Okay. Like I said, that's a conversation for another day. Um, but I, I made a note from this article. All right. So for this particular area of North Carolina shows that two adults working with one child would need about $13 and 69 cents each to make a living wage. I don't know who's listening. I don't know how much you make per hour. Um, but compare kind of where you are to 1369. Um, like I said, this is for a family of two adults and one child. So that would make sense. Um, that would make sense to use that as, as a scale to measure our tenants against if they fit that family size model um, to actually see what they would be what they would need to bring in in order to have a chance at making their rent. Um, and so they also break it down to, you know, if it's one adult, one adult, one child, one adult, two children, one adult, three, two adults, one, two adults, two children, two adults, three. So they move up the scale like that. So generally what I do is I have a, um, I say for one person, you need to make twice the months rent and income and then for two people you need to add another 250 another 250 dollars for three people add another 250 dollars so it, it still follows some type of a 
uh, algorithm or some type of uh, uh, an equation. Uh, but I urge you that if you don't have some type of equation that you use or go by, that you 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 may run into some trouble down the road uh, with tenants being able to afford their rent. Because I have people all the time that, that uh, you know I have a five or six hundred dollar a month property uh, for the rent, and they'll come to me and they say, "Oh yeah, I can I can afford that. You know, I'm a good tenant. Da da da. Yeah, I make uh, I make nine fifty a month. Okay, so." rent 600 you make 950 that leaves you another 350 at the end of the month okay you're gonna pay your phone bill let's let's say let's say you you went smart and you got a um, a prepaid or, or a local um, local provider so that's fifty dollars a month so now you got three hundred dollars left all right um, but your your cable bills is about a hundred dollars that's cable and internet so now you got 200 left all right, but your gas is gonna run you about 150. Between, let's say gas and insurance, let's get a little lavish. That's 150. So now you got $50 left. Groceries gonna cost you more than $50 a month. Okay. So, um, but you haven't even you haven't even included your uh, your light bill. Um, and do do you do anything? extra do you ever have a date night or do you ever uh you ever eat eat out or do you ever just shop for the for the for the heck of it spend 20 or 30 dollars here or there once a once a month uh, twice a month what once a week right so that money runs out really quickly so don't put your tenants in a position and you know i'm telling you i'm telling you guys this from the landlord perspective don't put these people in a position where they're set up to fail. I mean, I'm not saying that you have a responsibility, but that's that's another discussion because you almost kind of do. Right. Um, and if you do accept that tenant who makes nine hundred dollars a month and, you know, budgeting and, you know, money management better than they do, don't put them in that position and then file an eviction on them three months down the road because they can't keep up. Because now they really have a hard time finding a place to stay. And you played a role in that. You knew, and if you didn't know, then you have no, mm, let me watch myself, let me watch myself. Um, yeah, I'll say it. You have no business accepting those prospective tenants. You need to hire a property manager that can give you some advice or give you some input about who will make a suitable tenant. Or maybe you need to listen to some podcasts or maybe you need to read some books. Um, but don't put these don't put these these people in positions where, where they're where they're um, bound to lose. Anyway, can't tell you how to run your life. Especially not on a day like this. It's Christmas. All right. So I'm going to leave it at that. This is my second time trying to record this. So my mouth is high and dry. And I'm uh, ready to get off here and go back, check, see what the fam is doing. All right, guys. This is Eric. I'm out. Peace.